0: standard of paranormal radio and now here's
1: gene steinberg so as you might expect since this show will be broadcast on the 29th of december coming up off the holiday weekend brando and i started discussing what we did for christmas now what barbara and i did was just have a meal take out all right that was it we took out from boston market that was our extravagant meal and we did it quietly i you know obviously there are vaguely comparable things to hanukkah but i won't get into the details what about you randall we did two
2: christmases uh one on christmas eve with my family, and then uh, my girlfriend's family did it Christmas Day partly, so I went there. So I had two really really nice visits actually for Christmas with, uh, and felt uh, a little more connected with my family this year than uh, the past few years, and it, it was really good actually. Interesting you should mention the Hanukkah thing. We got into talking a little bit about uh, Judaism because one of the people said they'd had a DNA test done and it showed that they were 20% Jewish so i said i i thought judaism was a religion not a a race you know in terms of biology and that that created a bit of a ruckus at the table for a few minutes but i was rescued by my cousin who changed the subject really quickly
1: well there are characteristics of someone who is Jewish in the traditional sense but i wouldn't call it a race i would call it a religion too
2: right but it it was really interesting because afterwards i decided to look it up and it's really quite a complex subject actually it depends on if you're talking socially or biologically and uh, you know cuz i wondered right, how can you genetically determine someone's religion right so it was kind of <laughs> confusing for me but and it is a very very interesting topic actually so There's been one judge that ruled that Jews are a race, and another one that ruled that they aren't. And the whole topic is really quite controversial, because, of course, if you have a genetic reason for calling the Jewish people a race, then that brings up the whole shadow of the eugenics thing, and it, it gets gets pretty controversial so i mean but it was a really pleasant discussion we talked about all sorts of stuff politics and religion included well we
1: won't get into the politics here but our guest jill shelley maybe you can tell us how you celebrated your christmas
3: oh hello randall and Jean. how are you
1: welcome nice. to the show
3: thank you glad to be here you know it was pretty low-key we went over to my mother-in-law's house and My daughter and the two grandkids came, and we just had a really nice dinner and exchanged gifts and just visited and had a nice time. And Christmas morning, my husband and I just celebrated at home and exchanged our gifts and had a nice, relaxing day.
1: I like the sound of that. And Netflix had one of the last Star Wars movies, The Last Jedi, not the current one. But since it was free to watch, we watched it two and a half hours.
4: Hmm. What did
2: you
1: think of it? I thought it was okay, but a lot of the action was predictable. The dialogue was stilted. The acting was decent. Kind of strange because Carrie Fisher died before the post-production was done. And they had to basically take unused footage of her and do something fancy to keep her in the movie. So I don't know if that was morbid or not. Certainly, as far as profit making is concerned, Star Wars today is a business. It's merchandising. It's not art. So this is what you expect. You're more of a Star Trek fan, I think. Uh, oh, I've just
2: committed the cardinal sin again, mentioning Star Trek on the show. But uh, I love both of them, actually. And I, I really liked The Last Jedi. I was really quite moved by it, especially, of course, the ending. Yeah, good stuff. How about you, Joel? Are you into sci-fi at all?
3: Uh, yeah, some of it. I, but you know what? I'm kind of old school, so I like all the old stuff like the old Star Wars. I watch all like the old reruns from way back in the 70s because I just I don't know. I just think all the stuff is better back from the from back in the old days.
2: You certainly had to use your imagination more you know i mean i mean we're all a little bit old school i guess uh you know i remember watching doctor who with tom baker and of course you know he's got the colorful personality and scarf and and kind of just walks around as a character and then goes into a phone booth that you're supposed to believe is a time machine and but somehow it worked right (laughs) it's caught up in the in the plot and and it became quite interesting you know nowadays everything is so crisp and clear and and realistic looking that People don't really need that anymore.
3: Yeah, I'm just, I just, I think I'm just an old person at heart. I don't, I don't know why, but I like all old stuff, old history, just everything old. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I just think it's really fascinating.
1: The thing I like about Star Trek better than Star Wars is that there's more variation in what's going on. With Star Wars, it's the Empire, the Resistance. The Rebellion, the First Order, all this stuff. And it's basically variations on a theme with the same types of individuals. They never progress beyond that. It's just these two forces fighting one another. And after three movies, they kind of get it resolved.
2: You know, if you get into the characters and and such, like back when the first ones came out, there was it. I mean, it it, when did the
1: first one come out? Back in the 70s or something? 1977. I think he made it for less than $10 million. They had to do some very innovative things to provide those effects of the space fighters and everything. They used models. They They did pretty well. I don't think the special effects today are so much better, but they're spending $200 million now.
2: But well, you can do a lot with special effects, that's for sure. And, of course, uh, you know, our past guest in our, on the last week's show, Brian Bonner. Now, he is our, what we call like to call our go-to friendly skeptic. And so, you know, he would be one of the first people to say that, well, you know, given the technology that we've got these days, we can probably create the illusion of almost anything.
1: Well, you know, that's possibly true as far as the film is concerned. But you can't create an illusion of something in the sky if it's visually seen there. If that's a holographic image, it's something far more advanced than anything we could do.
2: Well, they can already do it, though. That's just it. If you look around, they can make things appear in the sky on stages, and, and it's, it's really quite amazing what they can do
1: now. It's a li- more limited than what we're seeing there. You know, if something's flying at 50,000 feet, and then it's down to 5,000 feet. I think that's a bit much, but it does create the idea that if there is an outside force involved in UFOs, hey there, maybe that's what we're seeing. But this is not a UFO show, or maybe it might become one. Our guest, Jill Shelley, is the lead investigator and founder of St. Croix Paranormal. And I was looking at my map on the St. Croix area, but I think our listeners want to know how wide this is.
3: Um, well, it's it's a pretty big area. It's, it runs the whole St. Croix River. We're uh, based out of Stillwater, uh, which was an old logging town back in the day. Uh, but we we go to all different places all over Minnesota. We've traveled all over different parts of the country. Uh, to investigate well-known haunted locations. Um, But some of our favorite ones are at home based down in Stillwater. It's just uh, just a really cool old town. We're going to have more
1: with Jill Shelley. And we're going to talk about how she got involved in exploring the paranormal. And also, she bought a house with a history of paranormal activity. That in itself has got to be a tale. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I want to ask you about that. And you know, as you pay the mortgage on that, yes, do they give you a deduction based on the number of ghosts you see there? Hmm. Uh,
3: no, it would be nice if I could homestead
1: them. Though <laughs> we got more to come with Jill Randall and Jean. You're in the
5: ParaCast. We also have swag. You Go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour.
6: Hey everyone! Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength Adapalene, can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer offer by calling now 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just 1995 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio.
8: says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: Jeff Shelley, start at the beginning. How did you get involved in all this?
3: Well, I was always really kind of fascinated by ghosts since I was really young. My first experience was at my grandmother's house. I, gosh, I don't know. I must've been seven, eight years old, maybe. She had a room that I always really felt uncomfortable in. And I always felt like someone was watching me. It was always colder. You just didn't feel welcome in there. One night when we were all sleeping, I heard, I woken heard footsteps coming out of that room, came, stood in front of my door. You could feel it like a presence. It was almost like it was staring through me. And as a child, I was terrified and would not turn around and look at it. (laughs) And then I just kind of heard this deep sigh and it turned around and walked back, the footsteps stopped. And then I got up and got really scared, turned the light on the whole bit. And had spoke to my grandmother about it the next day of what had happened. And she was just like, oh, honey, that was just a ghost and he's not going to hurt you. And I thought, huh, it's my <laughs> grandma. You know, she's very religious. So for her to say that, I thought, well, it's got to be OK. Uh-huh. And so then after that, I just started reading, you know, all the books because we didn't really have, you know, paranormal investigators back then or that nobody really heard of it. You know, we had, you know, encyclopedias. We didn't have the Internet. We had no way of knowing this stuff.
2: So about so, what year would that have been then, roughly?
3: Probably early 70s. Okay, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I just read and, and, you know, watched movies, you know, anything I could just to kind of learn about it. And then, you know, it probably wasn't until really, you know, the ghost hunters came out on TV that you were like, hey, I didn't know I could do this, you know. It was about ten years ago that we founded St. Croix Paranormal. I got to group with uh, got a group together, a bunch of volunteers that just had a huge passion for the paranormal. And you know, we started off with like one camcorder and a voice recorder and a you know, just a digital camera. And we've now progressed to, you know, gosh, I think we own twenty-seven camcorders and it just goes on and on and on. It's a production when we go somewhere.
2: You've um, got uh, five people, including yourself, in your in your main group right now?
3: Right, right. We're a little s- slow right now because everybody's had a lot of lifestyle changes. Um, we have one that's in school to be a mortician. One just had a baby. One's got a little bit of health issues. So, you know, we're just, we're kind of, you know, not as getting out there as much as we'd like to. And right now, like, you know, we mentioned the haunted house, so we'll get into that a little bit more. So I'm at this point kind of focusing a little bit more with that with the group so that when we have time, we can all go go check that place out. So
2: That sounds pretty cool. So, yeah, you've got here Donna, Teresa, Stephanie, and uh, Alex is the only guy who does this with you guys. I know. Uh
3: He (laughs) puts up with a lot of us from us women. (laughs) So We always said, because we're always, Alex, can you do this? Alex, can you help us with that? You know, because he's very techie as well. And, you know, just, you know, obviously helping us with heavy equipment. So we always just want to get him a t-shirt that says, ask Alex. So, <laughs> 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 so he puts up a, with a lot, but he's a very, we're just a great guy.
2: Yeah. So you guys are based out of Stillwater.
3: Correct. Stillwater, yeah. Minnesota.
2: Now is... Like Gene was saying just uh, before the last break, you purchased a house that is haunted. Now, is that in Stillwater?
3: No, that's actually in Southwest Minnesota. It's about, okay. I think, like 145 miles southwest of the Twin Cities. And it's in a little tiny town called Boyd, B O Y D. There's less than 200 people in the town. <laughs> okay
2: and so it's called the boyd house
3: i was real creative on the name there
2: so tell us how you got led to find that location and what inspired you to feel that it is so valuable that you just had to actually purchase this location and do some intense investigations there
3: as our team throughout the years had traveled to other well-known haunted locations i always thought gosh i would like to own my own place that would be kind of fun And I was at a point in my life where financially I could do it and just started looking around on the internet, you know, just searching, you know, I can't really just say haunted houses for sale. That just doesn't pop up. So I would just start looking for older houses. I would do a criteria from like 1800 to like 1930, you know, do a price range check and just kind of looked at the pictures. And if I got kind of a creepy vibe from it, I would go check it out. The realtor I work with actually knows what I did. So she would be okay with us doing mini investigations when we went to look at the houses. (laughs) So that was kind of fun to do. You know, we don't really care, you know, what things look like, obviously. I mean, you don't want the ceiling falling down, but, you know, we don't care if if it's bright orange carpet. We're looking for ghosts. So we pretty much come in, set up as much equipment as we can, you know, because our time's limited as well. And just see if we can get anything versus, you know, a voice on an EVP, if we can get any of the equipment to go off. We run spirit boxes, see if we got any responses for that. You know, usually we got like an hour, hour and a half. So even though we might have not got something in a house, doesn't mean it wasn't haunted. We just were very limited on a time and access of what we were able to do. This particular house, I really liked a lot. So I incorporated the help with the psychic medium that I really trust and sent her a photograph of the house. She said that there were six spirits in the house and that the first night that I stay there, I'll hear this man come in from the garden, from the back door. Now, in retrospect, she said when I stay there for the first night. So I think she knew I was going to purchase this house, (laughs) but I hadn't thought of it at the time. And of course, when I did buy it, I did have and experience the very first night that I stayed there. So before we bought the house, we had um, one of our REM pods went off within like eight minutes of being there. We got a couple responses on the spirit box. And I think that was about it, but it was kind of, wasn't sure what to do. So I thought, you know, let's just ask the owners. And they came back with quite a few ghost stories. So that kind of sealed the deal at that point.
1: (laughs) The question I would have here. Doesn't that prejudge what you expect? You buy a house that's supposed to be haunted, you expect weird things to happen.
3: Right. And you would want that to happen. The previous owner did have some weird stuff happen in the house. She always said the house was always kind of funny. Her kids would see, you know, shadow figures. One time they saw a man, the piano plays, and they would hear old-time music playing. Just a lot of just little little things, you know, not, nothing that's scary. They kind of had those experiences. And then me coming in there with all the equipment, it took a little bit for things to to amp up a little bit, I think, because they weren't used to people talking to them and trying to interact with them. Now that we do that, we get a lot of equipment interaction. We're starting to get more EVPs.
1: Tell us more about the house. How many rooms? How big is it?
3: The house was built in 1901. It's uh, 2,100 square feet it's really cool it's got all the old woodwork it's got like the servant type staircase where you can go up on either side it's just it's just super cool i just i just love it it's got the old windows the it's my favorite is this glass chandelier we have
1: Just absolutely love that in the parlor more to come with jill jean and randall you're in the paracast
12: USA Radio News with Wendy King.
4: A fire official in Louisiana says five people are dead after a small plane crashed in the city of Lafayette. Witnesses say the plane smashed into a post office parking lot and caught fire.
13: I just heard the big swoof and then a boom at the post office, um, and my mom was leaving the post office. She backed out um, before anything happened. I guess she happened to woke me up out of my sleep, so it was scary.
4: There's nothing official yet on the cause of the crash. Among the dead... TV sports reporter Carly McCord, who was the daughter-in-law of an LSU football coach. Officials on the Hawaiian island of Kauai say the situation is bleak after Thursday's helicopter crash.
13: There
2: are no indications of survivors.
4: Seven people were on board. The remains of six have been recovered. Two families were taking a tour of some of Hawaii's most rugged and remote coastlines. This is USA Radio News.
14: Our U.S. Constitution is amazing. It's full of what's called negative rights, designed to protect us from the corrupt powers of a dictatorship.
4: Like our right to worship our own God, not some official state religion.
14: Our right to prevent the government from seizing our property without paying fair market value for it.
4: Or our right to be tried by a jury of our peers, people like us, not by some star tribunal.
14: And that's why America has become the richest, most just society in the world.
4: Other countries force so-called positive rights onto their citizens. These enable One group to take from another group. Their free speech, money, and choice by using government force. Socialists love wielding this power over people.
14: Sometimes we take our freedoms for granted, but we can lose our Bill of Rights and our Constitution and become like Venezuela or North Korea. Failed, brutal socialist regimes.
4: We need your help to spread the good news about our amazing U.S. Constitution. Help us take back America. Go to OurAmericanRights.com.
14: Brought to you by the American Media Council.
7: Message and data rates may apply.
13: Help! Seriously, I'm too young for hair loss. My hairline keeps creeping back. Receding? I've got this bald spot. Uh, it's
15: thinning
9: everywhere. I'm gonna have to give up and shave it. Dude. Put down the razor because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is about to give you your real hair back permanently. Don't ignore the signs of hair loss. Bosley is giving away an absolutely free information kit that reveals all the signs and a free gift card to anyone who texts KIT88 to 85850. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. Using the latest technology, Bosley's solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Plus, since Bosley has new non surgical options, you owe it to yourself to text now for an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off, no matter what level of hair loss you have. Text KIT 88 to 85850. KIT 88 to 85850.
16: clark
17: author of the ufo encyclopedia and other books
1: you're listening to the Paracast. so we're talking about the haunted house that jill shelley bought and the expectation that something weird might happen hmm what condition (laughs) was this place in when you got it
3: you know, it was actually, a lot of places I looked at, it was in really good shape. For me, my main thing was is that it had a brand new furnace and new updated plumbing. So I figured those are your two major things. It currently does need a new roof. It leaks a little bit, so we're, we're saving to work up money on that. It had some crumbling walls, and, and we're, we're just working on it slowly but surely. But all in all, for as old as it is, I thought it was in pretty good shape.
1: If I want to buy a haunted house, what does it cost me?
3: It depends how much you want to spend. <laughs> I've I've seen you know just you know some junky houses that were and you know, I don't know if they were haunted, but I've seen things for twenty thousand. But then that's probably going to be falling down and in shambles, and you know you're going to spend thousands to fix it. You know anywhere up to three four hundred thousand dollars, depending on what you're looking for.
2: Right, because I mean, some you know some places are like castles. You know, they're going to cost a lot, whereas something like this sounds like it would be fairly affordable and pretty interesting. Okay, so you say you had an experience the first night you were there. What happened?
3: Uh, The first night that we were there, um, like I said, the medium said that there is a man that comes in from the back door because he likes to garden. And I just happened to be walking by um, the door that would be considered towards the back door. And it was just this loud bam on it. And because it, I had it shut and I jumped like five feet because I was not expecting that to happen. And there's no other backdrafts, anything that would have caused that, even if it was a backdraft, that usually just shakes or rattles a door. This was just a loud, like somebody just took their fist and just went, bam, and you could see the whole door shake. And
2: You could see this as well as hear it.
3: Yeah, because, you know, the older doors, they don't. They don't shut tight, tight. You know, they do okay. move back and forth a little bit. But right. this was just a loud pound, and the whole thing just shook. And yeah, and and I didn't run away or anything. It was just I jumped because I it was startled. I did not expect that to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know. Did, so you, was, did
2: you go yeah. check and see if there, like was anything out there, like you know, or is anyone out there that might have done
18: it? Or
3: yeah, oh, oh of course, I checked. I usually always try to make sure that there's a scientific reason for everything. But yeah, I could not find anything, you
18: know, that would
2: have no no marks on the door or anything or
3: no marks on the door or anything.
2: Nope. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you would think that if, you know, say if somebody just came by and threw a rock at the door or something, it would be at least a mark on the door or something, maybe a rock or something like that laying around. And, and uh, it's funny how these sounds happen like that. And yet there's no it seems like there's no evidence that anything physical actually happened there's there, you just experience the sound or you see it happening and I've had I had a very similar experience with the door uh, as well and and yet there's no real evidence that anything happened other than the person's experience
3: yeah and I know we've had quite uh, you know like I said I've, I've opened the house up to other paranormal investigators to come in and I've had quite a few comment back that they have had, the sound of a door slamming, nobody's ever seen it, but they've heard the door, sound of a door slamming or shutting. Or sometimes they will find a door shut that they left open. Um, that's you know their experience is what they write in my journals. You know Nobody's caught nothing on film, but these are their experiences while they stay in the house.
2: Okay, now you own this house. So are you turning it into a research project? I noticed on your site where it says that... Um, It's available for overnight investigations. Now, does that mean that you actually loan it out or rent it out to other paranormal investigators?
3: Yeah, if if anybody wants to come for an investigation, we do it for $175 a night. And all the money that I've been making for the house is actually going back into the house to restore it. Uh, like I said, currently right now we need a new roof, so I want to put that on, and then I want to start doing more into the house to bring it back into the 1900s mode. So that's kind of what we're doing. So I, I'm not in it to make money. I'm in here to uh, restore the house back to its its normal back in the day and also use it, like you said, as a research center for myself and for other groups to come in and, and do research as well.
2: Do you have any... Uh- plans or do you already maybe have some surveillance cameras installed
3: um we have not at this time eventually we are looking into doing that just the the startup cost and everything the first year when we had to buy a bunch of furniture and like i said i wanted to make it all true so everything's like all old victorian style furniture in the house um So it's just the first startup, but it is coming down the line where we thought we would do the, like a Wi-Fi and and cameras and and that sort of thing, too. So it's just a work in progress.
2: Well, I suppose you'd want to, yeah, get the roof fixed before you start spending too much on the interior. Exactly. Uh, Yeah.
1: Gene, you you were going to say something? I want to talk more about the equipment that you assembled and what purpose each piece of equipment serves.
3: Um, okay. Well, usually like we'll have the REM pods and those, you know, like I said, I don't build any of this This it's just stuff we buy. Um, but they are are supposed to detect the, uh, interference or the uh, electric magnetic energy. So if that field is broken, then the, the thing will alarm for you. And usually the only thing that they say that's made out of electromagnetic energy would be a spirit that can Break that. Now, obviously, if you're too close with uh, not so much cell phones, I played with that, but I know like a walkie talkie will set it off. So there are certain things that will make it go off. So I always like to make sure that there's no interference that way that cause that piece of equipment to go off. Um, Most of the time, when I have had them go off, nobody's in the room. So there's really nothing from our outside influential that's interfering with that. So we've had a lot of breaks in in that. the K2 meter, kind of the same thing, you know, with brakes, with the electromagnetic, not super keen on that. There are so many things that can set that off, especially, you know, cell phones, anything that's too close, you're too close to the microwave. Um, it has to be real hard, solid proof that they're answering me with that K2 meter for me to use that. Um, my, my favorite thing is the Spirit Box. Um, we also have SB11, which is the same. Type of device and a portal, which is the same type of device. And then that is my favorite because scientifically, what that does, so it scans the AM, I use AM, you can do it on FM, AM station from like the beginning, which is I think like five something all the way up to like 1500. And it does that in a loop in one one hundredth of a second. So scientifically, you can't speak that quickly. So when we're actually, um, talking with it and the spirits come through, it's just not somebody talking on the radio. So that's, that's why I like that, especially when you get like a full sentence and it's an exact answer to the question or we get swear words and we all know that you can't swear on the radio. So to me, that is really good proof that you are speaking with the spirits. That's, that's just my personal opinion and my favorite device to use As far as equipment, and we have, you know, just different types of the EMF detectors. You know, we have one that's a bear, you know, same thing if they break that magnetic type field. Um, So, those are probably some of my favorite things to use.
2: I'm still not quite clear on the difference between something like a REM pod, which is, like you're saying, it's it's a EM field, an ambient temperature detector that changes color and or makes sounds corresponding to changes in the EM fields or the temperature. And, and it seems like most of us are familiar with those. The K2 meters, like you are saying, they seem to be a little bit more primitive, just basic. Uh, like you say, maybe prone to false readings. But the spirit box
1: again, what ex- how exactly does that thing work? You know, before uh- we talk before we talk about spirit boxes, we're gonna to have to break in a few moments. And we'll get into more detail and I'll have a few of the legendary paracast devils advocate questions. Chris, I might be basically attracting something here, I don't think, so we'll see. More with Jill. Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast.
19: Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Diarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti infection, anti inflammation, and anti parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Tejibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Diarco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Hebo Tea Club's original Pure Pau de Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperT.com or call 818-984-6100. That's shopsupertea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopsuperT.com.
15: Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92.00 Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625.
4: 800-503-8625. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Okay.
1: Okay. Randall, you asked about the ghost box?
2: Uh, The spirit box, yeah. I'm still a little bit confused as to how that one works.
3: Okay, so it's kind of a modified, like, transistor-type radio. So it, like, scans through all the radio stations really, really fast. So it just kind of loops through all of them. So when you're playing it, you kind of hear, like, and you might hear a few words here and there. But because it's going through all those radio stations so quickly, you're not actually hearing what the DJ is saying. That's why you kind of hear the broken up. "Eh, eh, eh, eh." But when you actually get a word out of there, then that would be a spirit supposedly being able to talk to you because they are using the sound like the white noise and able to talk through the frequencies to be able to communicate with you.
2: Okay, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I I don't know how anything could, (laughs) when it's scanning, produce a coherent sentence or word or sound if it's scanning really quickly just through a bunch of frequencies unless something is broadcasting the same thing on a whole bunch of frequencies all at once.
3: They just use the white noise to talk through. And I've, like I said, like, for instance, I was at a, Historical home in Stillwater. And I was using the spirit box. Now, this house belonged to a riverboat captain named Captain Jenks. So I'm running the spirit box and I said, whose house was this? And the spirit box says, Captain Jenks, if you can explain to me (laughs) the scientific odds of any radio station on an AM. On a Saturday night, going to say the word Captain Jenks, I'd like to know how that would happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, so would I. I mean, I think so would a lot of people because we've had. Oh well, you're not. Let's just say you're not the first ghost investigator we've had on, and uh, <laughs> and there are people who are really sort of highly critical of this equipment and for a number of reasons and you know that would be kind of one of them nevertheless people like yourself still have these experiences now i i don't know if you managed to record that particular phrase the other thing that i find is every time someone brings an example of these phrases or this kind of some sort of voice electronic voice phenomena mm-hmm. It's never really clear until someone says, well, this is what it is. This is what it says. Now listen for it. And then, of course, your mind, it just fills in the blanks. So, you know, how clearly are we talking? Are we talking like a walkie talkie where someone says it's Mr. Jenkins or is it just some sort of you have to sort of bend your hearing around to to be able to get it?
3: Not usually on the spirit box because it would just be like a a DJ talking on the radio. So you're going to hear the word and it's not going to be, you know, all gargly or electronic-y sound. It's going to be somebody's voice. Uh, Another interesting thing that happened on it too, we had done, again, another house or another antique store or something down in Stillwater. And I ran the spirit box and I and I knew it was a hardware store back in the day. And I said, what did this building used to be? And it said just three words, the hardware store. A couple months later, a, a gal sent me an email and had saw that I had investigated that. And she said that that was her grandfather's store back in the day. That was the hardware store And that was his voice.
1: All right. You have voices. They're coming through. I won't dispute that. How do you know, number one, they are spirits? Why assume they are spirits and not some other kind of phenomenon?
3: uh, Well, I guess I would say it would be some sort of spirit because they are using the white noise. And that's kind of what we know. But I would think the other reason I would think it would not be a phenomenon is because we're getting direct answers to our questions, to what we're asking. And I don't think sometimes too, like I say, we will get like the, a lot of swear words that we can't say. And you know, that's not going to be said on the radio. So I don't, I don't know where else it would come from.
2: Right. So you're not getting any sort of public radio. I, I suppose it would be possible for somebody with a transmitter or something with a transmitter that works. Well, you
3: would have to have that. I mean, think of how many people ghost hunt with the spirit box all at one time. And everybody's getting different responses, different voices. So that would almost be hard to be something to hack.
2: Oh, do you mean do you have more than one spirit box in the same location at the same time that are getting different sounds?
3: Uh, we have, well, they make different types. So we have three different kinds that we use. So the one is like called the SB seven. Oh, and okay. that Yeah. And that one's more like the little transistor guy, um, which scans. And so you just hear a whole bunch of mumble, jumble, mumble, jumble. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they speak, you'll hear it, you'll hear them say something. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to overhear. And I, and I can't hear it at the time. I have to wait till I get home and listen to it on the computer with headphones. And not because I'm trying to, that I can't hear it. It's just, it's easier to take it out where I can actually hear them speaking. Because it's so loud when you're there sometimes. And then, then we have the 11, which actually takes out all the mumble jumbo. So now as you hear a static, you hear like a sound. And then a word will come through if a spirit's going to speak. So that takes out that. And then we also have now, which has been the upgrade, is called the portal, which totally takes out absolutely everything. So it's completely silent until you hear a word being spoken
2: on it. That is really interesting because what we're dealing with here is a piece of electronic hardware. And people who build electronic hardware know exactly what all those parts do. And they're designed specifically to pick up radio transmissions which means that whatever it is is transmitting a radio signal I mean logically that's what it has to be so to assume that it is let's say like we're don't get me wrong here we believe that strange things happen for sure but we we also try to figure them out and just Mm -hmm. and what makes the most sense so and I imagine you're pretty much like that, too. You're looking for a scientific explanation. So we're talking exactly along the same lines. We're on the same side here. But logically, what we're, what we're saying here, then, is that if there are spirits or a spirit world, they're using a radio transmitter to communicate. That is That somehow doesn't seem to be how most people imagine that, People in the afterworld spend their time, you know, with using a radio transmitter in some other dimension mm-hmm. to, to communicate with this. But it's actually kind of interesting because there are a couple of paranormal movies out there. In fact, there's one where uh, it's someone's daughter who communicates with her father through time through a radio. So it's a really kind of an interesting plot device for fiction. But in reality, I mean, do, I mean, are we supposed to think that we've got ghosts on some other, you know, the, the spirit of some living person somehow survives death and then goes to another place where there's a radio transmitter that they can send messages to us?
3: Well, I don't necessarily, <laughs> know, I don't necessarily know if it's just the transmission. I think somehow they're using the frequency to manipulate what they want to say. Is is kind of the way I understand how it works and kind of how I feel that it works. Uh, so that that's and the right. fact that scientifically we know you can't speak in 1/100th one of a second there's no way you can say a sentence in that time and that's how quickly this machine scans through a station
2: so well right it's scanning th- this is what i was saying like i am a bit technical i do technical work on computers i've repaired radios i I kind of know the principle about how they work and what electromagnetic frequencies are. They're a a phenomena that exists in our world. And if you're getting some sort of an EM reading or message coming through on something that scans a whole bunch of frequencies all at once, what that has to mean in terms of the way that radios and frequency receivers are designed is that, Whatever is transmitting is transmitting it on all frequencies at the same time. That's the only way that it can work. There is no other way for it to work. We can have
1: the answer. How this works, the mechanism of spirit communication, Hmm. I don't know. We're going to have to continue and try to figure out what this is all about, because it is one of the more fascinating things we've talked about. We have... Special guest this week, who is an expert on the subject, Jill Shelley. We'll learn more with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNLive dot com today.
18: I'm here with Scott Youseum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS.
13: My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can
18: you give us an example of somebody you help?
13: Oh, can I ever. We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you
18: owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation.
13: Call 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112
0: welcome back to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg
1: okay so randall posed the question here this is being broadcast randall you say on all frequencies Yeah, whatever
2: frequencies that the receiver is picking up or can be tuned into or detect would probably be the best term is what must be transmitted to it. So therefore, if you're scanning through a whole bunch of frequencies, say at a tenth of a second at a time, then if the same message is being transmitted on all frequencies, then you can get that long message or a longer message, a a full word or two or maybe even a, a short phrase. That implies that what you've got, and there is really no other way for this to happen, is a transmitter that's transmitting on all of those frequencies simultaneously at the time that the device picks it up. That's the only way it can happen because that's how electronics works. So this is really, really interesting. I mean, if it is some kind of a hoax, it's a pretty sophisticated one because you don't get transmitters that just transmit on a whole bunch of frequencies all at once like that. They, you you don't, you can't buy them. You can buy this, these spirit boxes that can receive them, but somebody would actually have to make a very specialized transmitter and they'd have to know what they're doing. And then they'd have to know all about you and your investigation and where to go and be in the right proximity in order to transmit it just to your device. So it's pretty complex and really interesting and still a mystery regardless of these particular facts.
3: Yeah, I just I've just gotten so many responses back that just to me, without a shadow of doubt, it's I'm speaking to the other side, in my opinion. I've just too many too many things have been said through that box.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah again, you know, we certainly wouldn't dispute that people are having these experiences. I mean, I've had my own uh, gene, not so much, but I don't know how to explain them necessarily. But I'm also a very analytical, logical person who tries to figure things out. So when we have that much information with you know, concerning the type of the device you're using, then that has to imply something. Essentially, what I was saying, what we've got is something with the transmitter that transmits on all frequencies. It allows your device to pick it up and communicate her. So why, I guess like Gene says, should we assume necessarily that it's a, a member of uh, the dearly departed as opposed to maybe something else that has access to the information that you would need to conclude that it is somebody, Uh, a deceased person or from the past
3: well like like you know he said that that would just be nearly impossible to to build the transmitter to come through on your your machine because there's so many people doing it at any given time my gosh it would be a full-time job 24 7 when i hear you hear different voices too it's not just, you know, it's men, it's women, it's children. You hear different languages sometimes. Um, we've heard Native American chanting. And, you know, we've turned it over to, to people who speak Native American, and they said it was some sort of life of prayer or something. I think they had said it was. So just some of the things we just get is just so super fascinating.
1: But we're also looking at something here that has the power to deal with technology. And that's what I wonder about.
2: It has to be from our realm as well then. I mean, because just the sheer fact that we've got a physical transmission within our world, our realm, that means that whatever it is transmitting has to be also at least partly in our realm. It can't be simply like some other completely separate dimension. There's got to be some way for that EM to come through. And so far as we know, there is no other dimensions we haven't been able to detect them any other way than this. I mean, then there's people who are looking all over. There are other types of receivers out there, say SETI, for example. They've got gigantic dishes like that make spirit boxes, you know, just look like a kid's toy that are scanning millions of channels all at the same time, including all the background noise. They don't get any of this. You know, so why would this be restricted to these small devices?
3: Well, nobody says it's not on the bigger devices. Maybe they're not using it, utilizing it the correct way, like how the de- the spirit boxes are designed. Like I said, I don't build them, so I guess I'm not that educated on exactly how you know they make them scan as quickly as they do. Uh, and I don't know what these big satellites on what they're actually scanning when they're doing, and what are they listening to?
1: Well, I would uh, think though that we're dealing with scientists and engineers. Who knows something about this? Something about how th- these systems work. And if they're scanning for all these frequencies, why aren't they receiving it? What is the difference between the spirit box and one of those gizmos?
3: Well, I don't. Like I said, I don't know how the scientific people are scanning. You know, are they scanning every? Are they scanning radio stations? What kind of yeah. frequencies right. are they scanning? We don't know exactly.
2: Oh, well, we do. These? Actually, we do know that's the thing. But you know, maybe because you know you're not maybe so technically uh, right. inclined, maybe we should switch now for the time being. I mean, we can come back to sort of ideas about how it's happening because again, we're, it seems to be happening to a lot of people, uh, enough people that it it's not reasonable to think that people are just making hoaxes or experiencing things that don't that aren't significant. Now, it seems that people are getting significant results somehow from these things exactly how we don't know but what are you, kind of messages are you getting from it are you getting more than just words or are you getting any thing that is say relevant to what might be going on with the transmitting person like have you had any conversations or longer sessions where you could, say, ask more than a few questions and get lots of answers to determine or create a larger picture?
3: Uh, usually when I run the spirit box, I run it for anywhere from you know 15 to 20 minutes at a time, sometimes a half hour. It just depends if I'm hearing voices come through or not. Sometimes if it's just all the static running through, then no, nobody's talking to me. So then I just move on to another area or wait a little while to see if they have enough energy to speak. But I, I said, I've, I've gotten full sentences. Um, like I said, the captain Jenks one, I'm, I'm trying to think of some that are really good. I've, I've asked, you know, where are you from? And I, they would say like St. Louis, where are you from? So they immediately, you know, they asked me a question as well. So I'll answer them back and, You know, not always can you constantly have a conversation with
2: that same person. Oh, no, that is really interesting because what we're dealing with, then you're asking a question, but these boxes don't have transmitters. They're just receivers. So whatever it is that is responding to you, if we're to assume that they are replying to your question, must be either in the vicinity to hear your voice or somehow you're relaying a message out to them. Well, I have the, you know,
3: I've asked questions too, like, can you see me? And they'll say yes. And then I'll say, Well, what color is my shirt? And they'll whatever color it happens to be that day, I've heard them say pink. You know, and it's like, so yeah, you can see me. I do different things like that, or I'll say, What what city are we in? And they'll say the city I'm in, or what state am I in? Or I'll specifically ask questions, if you could visit a state that you never got to, where would it be? you know they they're directly answering my questions and sometimes i'll say can you tell me the name of somebody in this room and they will say the name of somebody who's in the room
2: so is that that implies that they're in either they're watching somehow remotely through some means that we're not sure of or they're in close proximity and able to sense you somehow that we don't know but while at the same time you aren't necessarily able to sense them at least not with
1: your normal five senses. Did I want to should- know more about this too Randall and we're going to break okay and learn more with Jill Shelley and we're looking at ghosts and ghost machines and the messages they receive and trying to find a logical explanation for what's happening should we assume these are spirits of the dead?
0: Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit Rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com.
21: Warning! If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back. Because you don't.
7: Hey guys, it's Sue Kosner, your favorite sexual health expert, with another version of Ask the Pro. This month, I got a letter from Sandy in Seattle about an explosive bedroom secret she and her husband recently discovered. She writes, Dear Sue, my husband and I used to have a great life in the bedroom, but in the last few years, he has struggled. He's tried about everything, but nothing has worked. Then one day he came home and gave me a night I will never forget. He told me about this secret formula, Noxotril, that changed our life in the bedroom once and for all. Wow, Sandy, you beat me to it. I recommend Noxitril to every guy that struggles in the bedroom. It's the only one. Noxitril is all natural and works to increase blood flow fast. It's like that little blue pill on steroids. Noxitril has a special free bottle offer shipped discreetly to your door.
19: To find out how to get your
22: bottle of Noxitril, call 800-421-0954. 800-421-0954. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now. 800-421-0954. 800-421-0954. Four.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: So, Randall, you were continuing along this line. Go ahead, please.
2: Right. One of them, the I think it's the REM pod, also has the temperature detector. And you spoke of how... You could sort of sense it intuitively, like the feeling of, uh, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck standing up, that sort of thing. Do your other uh, members in on your team also get those same sort of sensations of feeling or presence?
3: Donna is pretty sensitive. She can kind of feel when things are around. Teresa tends to be what we call her the paranormal punching bag because she wow. seems to be she seems to be the one that's always gets scratched, pushed or something along the line. I don't know if they just oh don't like them for some reason. Um, so that's that's kind of it. Alex, not so much. Sometimes he'll get goosebumps and and things like that. I can only just kind of feel when they're around me, not all the time, but it's kind of like, it's hard to explain. It's almost like you have this electricity around you. It's just a different feeling. You'll get the goosebumps, and you just kind of feel like somebody's there. So I can I can feel that somebody's around me. Donna sometimes will see things. She she sees apparitions quite often. She she will feel when things are around and things have come up to her. Uh, actually, at our the first night she stayed at the Boyd house, she's we just we didn't have furniture, so we had air mattresses. And she felt something crawl into bed with her and like spoon up next to her and snuggle. And she thought it was me. Like I got scared and came into bed with her and she looked and there I was just sleeping, sound as whatever, (laughs) next to her. And she's like, all right, well, whatever, come on in, you know? So we're so used to it. It doesn't freak us out at all.
2: (laughs) Really? That's interesting. I mean, I would be jumping up going, ah, what's going on? (laughs) That is really interesting. And it's not the first time I've heard people having a very similar experience. We, Without naming names, we do have uh, a member on our Paracast community forums who experienced the same sort of things. Uh, someone she was very close to uh, who had gone and, and died. And she believed that uh, sh- the same thing had happened with her, that she'd crawled into bed with her and could feel her there and swears i believe to this day that she and this person were somehow still together in in the unit in this realm in this universe exactly how or why or how it works is is really i guess still unexplained but these experiences do seem to happen
3: oh yeah i hear it from a lot you know not um, only my personal experiences but of course when I have people find out what I do. I would say 90% of people actually have a ghost story to tell me. So I I find it interesting that, you know, everybody has these different experiences. And what I I find interesting about them is, you know, some of the things are similar. It was kind of hazy. You could kind of see through them. But they're all different. You know, they're all like, oh, it was an old lady or it was an old man or it was a child or the same but different kind of experiences that everybody's getting versus you know you know the ufo's they always look the same like this or the bigfoots always look like this or it's just i find it interesting that the ghosts have more variable factors as to what people see and experience and maybe that's just the the uniqueness of how the, the ufology is and how you know the bigfoots you know they're how they live and and that kind of thing too so it's just i just find it really fascinating
2: well, there are people that have connected ufology with ghost hunting, and uh, myself included. I think it's possible that what we've got is a unified phenomena there. But at the same time, another one of the things that seems to be the case, maybe, and maybe this is because I haven't done enough research into the ghost hunting side of things. I'm more a ufologist myself, but the the ghost phenomena tends to be more how shall I say, more theatrical or like a, a movie or a projection than something living and interacting. In most cases, someone will see something that just kind of passes before their eyes or any response will be fairly short. And there's not enough to tell that you're actually talking to a living being there to say if you were to apply a Turing test to it, for example. It's always very short and very and not really clear, and there's insufficient evidence to know exactly what it is you're dealing with, if you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying there. Yeah,
2: like it's like say, um, say ghost on the Saint Mary's, for example, something like that, or even when someone sees a ghost very clearly, and we've had people on the show who have done that. They'll say, well, if this person was there clear as day they got up and they walked straight through a wall and not making not interacting with anyone not doing much of anything just this particular movement that looks like it's a projection happening happens in front of them and then it's over
3: yeah they they kind of say those are the um like a a residual haunt where it's kind of like the same thing they don't interact with you so they just kind of That's what they do. Like maybe every day at two o'clock, that's the way they walked. And so it's almost like an imprint in time.
2: Yeah, like a recording of some kind.
3: Yeah, and so it's like what you see is a replay of the movie, of the imprint of what they did every single day at the same time. That's what they say. And then they also say you have the intelligent hauntings where the ones that interact with you, that kind of situation.
2: Can you tell us about a couple of those cases? Because, uh, you know, looking at your site, at uh syncrop paranormal you've got you've been into quite a few places you've done a lot of of investigations so maybe we could uh, start with how about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium
3: oh gosh that that's that's the dream mecca of every paranormal investigator let me tell you
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean just that it's a sanatorium is interesting oh, yeah. right away so yeah what's going on there
3: Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was huge. It's a beautiful building. If you, if you can look at it that way, like I said, I love old things and the history and, and sometimes just when you're standing in one of those buildings, even though it's all run down and you're looking around, you can just picture how this used to be back in the day. You're just amazed at how it used to be, but we did get, um, they have that death body chute where they would bring all the, the dead bodies down from the tuberculosis. Um, so they'd bring them down this big chute so they weren't always hauling them out for people to see. Uh, supposedly, there's a lot of stuff going on. And they're like, you'll hear footsteps and, and things going on. So we did go halfway down and it's it's a, a hike and, and we're not all that much in shape. So we didn't go all the way down. But just sitting there in the dark, you could hear... Like, I could almost hear footsteps coming up at me, like almost rushing at me. So I was, and then I kind of went up more towards the top of the stairs because I was kind of chicken to be down there by myself. So I just felt like something was going to pop out at me. But we had again left that REM pod on the stairwell. And when nobody was there, it, it started going off. And that happened a couple of times. Uh, a few times you would feel, you know, somebody around you. Sometimes you'd feel like somebody would touch you when you turn around and nobody's there yeah, we just I don't think we got any EVPs on that particular day, but just just a lot of feels of something was around. and I know we got some spirit
1: box stuff. Okay, let's break here and we have more with Jill Randall and Jean. you're in the paracast.
10: You are listening to GCN.
21: This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637.
12: USA Radio News with
23: Wendy King.
4: The National Transportation Safety Board is investigating the crash of a small plane in southern Louisiana that left five people dead. Lafayette Fire Chief Robert Benoit says they're still investigating the crash.
17: The federal aviation uh, agencies have did their preliminary investigation where we looked at Everything that transpired so far, uh, the individuals have been removed and are being taken to the coroner's office. We have identified them.
4: One of the victims is 30-year-old Carly Ann McCord, a TV sports reporter in New Orleans, and the daughter-in-law of an LSU football coach. In Somalia, more than 60 people are dead from a truck bombing in the capital of Mogadishu. It exploded in a busy security checkpoint. So far, there is no claim of responsibility. This is USA Radio News. So here's the choice.
20: Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil. A has-been. Full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech. No gun ownership. Competition and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets.
7: Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own
20: living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone.
14: Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the american dream go to savemyfreedom.com
7: brought to you by the american media council
23: your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771.
22: This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal
11: radio. We're hearing more from Jill Shelley
1: about ghost hunting.
3: Uh, I think we were talking about being at Waverly Hills and being in the body shoot, and I had heard uh, footsteps coming from there, feeling like somebody's going to come out at me. Uh, the rem pod had gone off leaving it there. Uh, nobody was there at the time, and it went off several times. Uh, feelings of, of people being around you, uh, touching you sometimes. And I know we had gotten things on the spirit box, but right off the top of my head, I don't know exactly what was all said. But it was just all in all just a cool experience. Um, when you can get things to touch things when you ask them to, that to me is a very intelligent spirit and we had that happen a lot when we went the unfortunately the building's no longer there Uh, i was one of our favorite places that we had been called revenant acres in indiana and we would set the rem pods out and ask it to touch it and it would touch it when we asked it to which i find was really kind of fun and amazing that it was like one of the most funnest times that you had because you know it was You know, they're doing it when you ask them to. So they're
2: watching. Have you got any video of that?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's on our, if you go on our YouTube and look up Revenant Acres, we have that um, where they're they're touching that. We actually got a, it's supposedly the house does not like men and supposedly men have been possessed and like actually get, you know, thrown around the room. Oh, my. And so, of course, you know, Alex being our only guy. (laughs) Um, he was he was a little nervous and it was kind of interesting because we were all you know we're one of the weird paranormal groups that actually sleep in the haunted location and we were all settling down to go to sleep and you know alex was all nervous and you know we wedged him in between us on our air mattresses and then he got up like an hour later and he said i'm gonna go sleep in the van there's i hear footsteps coming down the stairwell and i'm really nervous about something right now and interesting enough we got an evp where you actually hear the footsteps coming down the stairwell and then we get an evp that says kill one And we're like
2: oh no <laughs> so,
3: you know i look <laughs> at it now and i'm like i wonder which one of us they were thinking about killing so, it's like, you know. so that's kind of creepy so that that kind of validates his his kind of I don't feel comfortable being in here right
2: now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's really easy to for people to be skeptical, but it's not as easy for people to do what you do. You know, it, you'll we've experienced this time and time again in a variety of topics, and you know, people will go, "Well, what about this?" or "It could have been that," and and they just sort of offhandedly. Dismiss message is just some people with overactive imaginations, which is really easy to do. But I really respect the fact that you go out and do things like that. You actively investigate in the field and you stay overnight in haunted houses and have these experiences. You know, I think a lot more skeptics should do that before they just offhandedly dismiss the things that are going on out there.
3: Oh, I agree there. There are some things that you just can't explain. You know, I, I, when we're on an investigation of something's going off, I'm like, well, was anybody near it? Did anybody have a phone? Did anybody, you know, I'll start asking, you know, all these questions because I want to make sure that that piece of equipment went off because it was supposed to, and not because of something that someone in the room did. Same with uh, when we get an EVP, I will check it on the camcorders to make sure one of us didn't accidentally whisper that. And there have been times I've come across where I thought, oh, that's a voice. And then I'll play the film and I'm like, oh, no, that was Donna. She said that under her breath, you know, that that kind of thing. So I try to be real scientific about what, when we find evidence, you know, I want to make sure 100% that I feel at least and feel good about putting out something that is true paranormal
2: well but that's good that's this responsible way to go about it how about the carthridge opera house
3: you know that one was real quiet not a whole lot went in there it was just a real small room we thought it was going to be a lot bigger than it was but we did get the rem pod did go off that night when it was just sitting sitting there. Um, so that was actually a real quiet night. We actually packed it up at midnight and drove home <laughs> from Missouri that night.
18: <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Well, how about the Paramount Theater?
3: Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, we had a good time there. The theaters are really haunted. We've done like the Mounds Theater
2: Let's go through them. Like we're you know we've got a whole still just about an hour left, so you know <laughs> we want we want to hear the stories. So and and what I think is interesting, like I picked these out because you know they are theaters. You've got two of them, and uh, then uh, a little bit after that, we've got like a jail and a hair salon of all things. Yes. <laughs> so what actually tends to happen in in uh, say the Paramount or the Jesse Mans theaters? The
3: different theaters. I just think they have so many different energies. And that's, I think, why some of the spirits gravitate to them. Also, most of the theaters have some sort of story behind them of so-and-so died here, that kind of thing. So they they do have a lot of energy and a lot of history. Um, The Mounds Theater, I think, was actually the first theater that we Mm -hmm. investigated. And that was, like, the first time when I had the spirit box, and I was listening to it on my headphones, and I was like, oh, my gosh. They're having a conversation back and forth to one another. So they would say stuff like, go talk to him. And they're like, no, I don't want to. Or I would hear a child say, can I go play? An adult would say, yes, it's okay. And I'm like, wow, I'm like really floored by this. <laughs> so it was, it was yeah, they were having interaction. So I was picking up somehow, back to the spirit box again their conversations that they were having amongst each other
2: oh interesting okay so you know we, you're not getting things like you know where maybe the seat unfolds by itself or the projector comes we, on and we did get that
3: one we did get that at uh, there was a theater in illinois and unfortunately i'm sorry i'm not thinking what the name of it was but teresa had gotten that she was sitting in the theater you know like the whole big thing we were up in the balcony and all of a sudden, next to her, the seat just went wham, and it went down. And she jumped up and was screaming, and and she was trying to get out of there. <laughs> so she's like, "I didn't expect that, right?" She's because
2: like, she's the one that's always getting picked on, right?
3: Yes, she is. <laughs> she's actually been thrown across the room. This poor gal, I tell Let's you. Let's
2: <laughs> make a break from from the list here, and just what? How did she get thrown? Where? What? What? Where? When? How? This was actually at. Ugh, This
3: is at Whisper's Estate in Mitchell, Indiana. And the first time, we've actually been twice, the first time we went was so terrifying. We all vowed we were never going back to this house ever again. Uh, So there's a lot of evil stuff that went on there. The doctor that, that owned the house supposedly did unethical things to patients and women. And there was lots of deaths, lots of deaths, lots of dead bodies buried in the backyard. The guy who bought it had a lot of, you know, getting tossed around, and people who come to visit get, you know, scratched and pushed and locked in rooms, and it's just it's crazy place. So we were in this closet; it's almost like a walk-in, and the people who own it forewarned us that it's a very evil closet. Uh, the guy, his name was Virgil, dropped dead of a heart attack the day he retired, and he was pretty ticked off about it. So now he's pretty mad about the whole situation. So we're in the, in the, going in the closet they said, anytime the door's open, they don't want anything to do with it. People get locked in. It's just, they do not like this closet. So of course we're sitting in it and we're running the spirit box again, but in my head, it was me and Teresa in there. I heard, get out of this closet. And I thought, eh, whatever, I was thinking, you know. Just hearing things, just freaking myself out. You mean
2: like some kind of telepathic?
3: Kind of, yeah, but it wasn't my voice. And it was like, get out of this closet. So I decided uh, after
2: okay.
3: a little bit, I'll step out of the closet. And I, of course, didn't tell Teresa this, of course. And so she's in there now by herself, sitting on a chair. And then on review, before, just before she got thrown, you hear on the spirit box, shut this door.
1: You know what? We have to shut these announcements. No, we have to start these announcements. We can't shut them down. More to come with Jill, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
1: Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com. Namecheap.com.
24: Bags under the
12: eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show, testing the results of Instantly Ageless.
13: Board-certified
7: dermatologist Dr. Whitney Bowe. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called instantly ageless yeah instantly you could see a difference even the cameraman were like wow look at the difference yeah
4: I mean, but i would, I would s- definitely use this product. <laughs> this product within minutes of applying it it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation
12: try instantly ageless today at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com
15: Take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625.
2: 800-503-8625. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from presidentialufo.com. You're listening to the Paracast The gold standard of paranormal radio.
1: Messages from the spirit world. Jill, tell us more about the story.
3: Yeah, um, so we're concluding with back at Whisper's Estate being in the closet. We had heard on the spirit box had shut this door. We didn't shut the door. So poor Teresa's in this closet with a guy who doesn't like people in his closet. And all of a sudden... She comes flying about three feet out of that closet, just smacked down on her knee, hands and knees. You know, the chair is completely toppled over. You know, she didn't, she was just crying. She was, she was so upset. She, you know, and it wasn't, she didn't lean forward because we were even looking at it. Even if she leaned forward, she would have just felt flat on her face. She wouldn't have been protruded three to four feet out of the closet. We we kind of shut the door, locked it up um, and you know called it a night on being in the closet there but so she yeah. she was still in there and she had actually gotten scratched in the beginning on our little walkthrough tour as well something scratched her in the back
2: and did you get any pictures of those scratches or oh, yeah, any documentation
3: have, yeah we did take pictures of the scratches as well i think i think on our very first video we might actually have that on there too it shows the video and Of course, when you have something really good happen, the cameras never seem to work. So the actual camera that we had facing the closet was not working, which I find interesting because I just checked it before we started the session in there and everything was working just fine.
2: Yeah, you're not the first person to to say that either. Our previous co-host, Christopher O'Brien, he's been involved in film and told us of a number of cases in his experience where the same thing happens that even people will charge their battery packs completely full and they'll still be dead for example
3: yep so and i don't know if the the paranormal manipulates that we've been to actually uh interesting ashmore estates and they said that up on i think it was the second floor they have a guy that comes around and shuts all your equipment off such as a ghost, not a real person. And I kept finding that all night. And it wasn't that it just wasn't working. The switch was actually flipped to the off position.
2: Oh, yeah. I've actually had that happen in uh, one of the cases that I personally experienced being a musician. Now, we had somebody mucking around with our uh, musical instruments and amplifiers and oh yeah in one case there was an organ this is in the church too It's it's the classical i mean it's just like something that would make a perfect scene for a movie but this was a um, an organ that had the old tubes in it Mm -hmm. and when we got to it nobody was there because we thought some, we basically, we were having, sorry for interjecting here, but we were having a party and we thought somebody had gotten upstairs and had started mucking around with the organ. We didn't want to get in trouble because we had access to the basement for our rehearsal space. We didn't want to get kicked out. So we go up there to try and get, you know, get this person off the thing before we, somebody outside notices. And we were the only ones who had keys for this area of this church. So we unlock the door, go right around the corner. This organ is still playing. It's basically right around the corner on the other side of the door. But by the time we open the door and go in, there's nobody there. And the organ is shut off. But I looked in the back and could still see the glow of those vacuum tubes as they were cooling down. So there's no question that it was on. And we searched the whole, that whole area and there was nobody there.
3: Yeah, again, some of those weird things you just can't explain.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, (laughs) I will come across as skeptical, but I definitely believe something strange is going on and does happen to people. Let's go on to the Blackford Jail.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. We did a a double tag team. So it's the Blackford Jail and then the old speakeasy because they're within a block of each other. So that night we would be like one team would be a couple hours at one, and one team would be a couple hours at the jail, and then we'd swap just to see what kind of different things that we would get. That was just, it. Was really fun to kind of be in there. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the Connect, the gaming device. They say that the you can see it'll be able to pick up stick figures and see the paranormal.
2: It'll connect. Oh no, no, never heard of that one. That sounds fun though.
3: Yeah, so we we were just kind of trying it out. And so I don't know if it really was true or not, but we think it's kind of funny anyway, as I was just standing in the jail and, you know, they were filming me with the little connect on and I was just trying to explain, you know, what it was. And of course, they're like, keep going back, keep going back. And I'm like, you guys keep sending me farther into the dark here and (laughs) I don't like it, but I can see the screen from where I'm at. So I can see what's behind me with the connect. So we keep talking, and then all of a sudden, this little stick figure-looking thing pokes its head out of the the jail cell and starts walking towards me. And I, <laughs> I freaked out, and I just said a few choice words and ran <laughs> towards them guys. So, <laughs> so we laugh about that—that that I'm scared of the stick man. Um, so that that was kind of fun, and we, you know, just different uh, interactions, different equipment interaction. We had. Um, Actually at the speakeasy, uh, Stephanie was walking through one of the rooms and she felt, and we actually caught it on film, like her hair, like she had her hair in a ponytail that day, like somebody hit it and it went to the side and he actually caught it on film. Like you could see it actually Uh being hit and pushed to the side. So, so that she was kind of, that she thought that was pretty cool. We tend to like to have a lot of more physical experiences. So we're. Don't get scared. We more encourage it. Like, oh, yeah, you touched it. Can you do it again? You know, if you're <laughs> nice about it. We always say you got to be nice about it, though. Uh-huh.
2: So. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of hair, then, this, uh, the Tommy, Tommy Hair Salon.
3: Yeah, that was that was fun. Like I said, boy, you're just really going way back to like when we first started. <laughs> it's like I should have reviewed some of the places we went.
2: Well, I used to own a hair salon, so this is kind of a favorite yeah. for me. Like haunted hair salon. Plus, I've just never heard of a haunted hair salon.
3: So. Yeah, they, she said like the clippers would turn on by themselves and just the weird electrical things. People would feel different touchings, see things in the mirrors at night when they're cleaning up. You know, I just I know we got some good spirit box responses. I know we got some EVPs. You know, I don't remember everything for sure. I did know that that was more where they had the Native Americans and the um, military had some fightings and they used to hang people in the tree across the street. So we think there's a lot of activity that went
2: on in that town. Uh, Yeah, that sounds fairly disturbing. Yes. (laughs) What about investigating reports from the general public? Do you get calls from people and you go out? and investigate personal well uh, i guess you do it says here that you uh, have investigated a number of private homes do people just call you up or do you happen to run across them how does that work
3: uh most of the time they find us for the private homes or it'll be like word of mouth um actually i'm doing a private home on on saturday uh via somebody who knows me that mentioned it but uh, so word of mouth or they they just have experiences in their home and they I'll tell you 90% of the people who call me say, I think I'm crazy. That's the first words out of their mouth. Um, and then they will, you know, kind of tell me what's going on in their home. Um, then I'll come out and I'll do a little investigation, uh, see what type of evidence I may be able to catch. And in the meantime, while they're waiting for evidence, I try to, I don't remove spirits. I try to teach my clients how to coexist and interact. Um, with the spirits, if they choose to want to interact, um, so we try to make it like a more of a happy roommate kind of situation for them. So I, I've they've most of them have been pretty pleased about it. As far as having like anything evil, mean things like that, of course it happens, but it's so rare. So most of the time, it's just like some old crabby guy or lady or somebody who passed away, and so we we kind of kind of try to figure out who they are, what they are, um, and come to some sort of understanding. That's kind of what what we do for the personal people who call us.
1: A question of full silliness here. You're assuming we have spirits of the dead. you're assuming a bunch of things with regard to this spirit investigation. but obviously it's something that can't be proved because if it involves spirits of the dead, the only way to prove it would be to die and come back and I only mean just brief death. So right. we're kind of left with stories that are fascinating, very fascinating without any real indication of what we can do with it. Where do we go from here? Where do we take this stuff?
3: Well, I have been doing more of research of what happens on the other side, like where, you know, they don't always talk to me about it. You know, I try to use the spirit box as much as I can to get the information. So, whether the information I'm getting is true or not, so I like I like to ask them. You know, like what
1: what goes on. I want to know what goes on too, and we'll find out what goes on with these announcements with Gene Randall and Jill. You're in the Paracast. <laughs>
5: Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.thepowercast.com, Stop by and take a shopping tour.
23: your free reputation analysis if you have negative material from an ex-employee upset patient or former client newspaper article legal issue social media or other source showing up in your search results you can combat it with reputation defender our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best call 800-831-0771 to learn more 800-831-0771, That's 800-831-0771.
0: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
1: To be devil's advocate again. If someone or something tells you that's where they are, why believe them?
3: As if a spirit was saying where they are.
1: (laughs) If they say they're a spirit. Okay. How do I know that?
3: I guess I would say because they answered you for one. So, I don't know, I guess I just kind of assume that if they're answering you and communicating with you, what else could it be? You know, we've had people who've seen their loved ones. We've had people who've seen people who've passed away that you know about, like say there's a, a suicide and everyone's like, oh, why well, there's a, a woman in a white dress and everybody sees the woman in the white dress. Um, and, and they're all again, having the same similar type experiences. So I just, I guess I feel like there's just so, there's just so much evidence and, and different experiences that people have seen not to believe it's not a spirit or what else would be talking to you. You know, I guess, you know,
2: one of the things that we found with other paranormal investigators and people that get into hauntings, for example, um, well, last week's guest, Brian Bonner, uh, who's very skeptical, but he's he, dis, he does believe that strange things happen. But he tends to find a lot of mundane explanations. Another one that we've had on is Morgan Knudsen from Edmonton up here in Canada. She is more of your sort of traditional, what you would think of as a, a ghost or a paranormal investigator. But she also tends to find a lot of mundane explanations. But both of them, the common thing is that they both feel really good about being able to help the people who have asked for their help. And especially when they do find, uh, say, a, a mundane explanation from something or for something, those people tend to feel very relieved and thankful. Have you ever done an investigation into a private home where you have just found that it's something that the wind is catching in a certain way, or something else, some mundane explanation?
3: Yeah, we did actually have a, a house where they were having a problem with their child, and they just felt like the room was haunted and and that kind of stuff. So we went there, and they had so much. EMF detection from the K2s, anything we put in there, the wiring, it, the it, whatever was in this room was terribly wired, just way too much. We call it like the cage, too much energy. So we suggested moving the child out of that room. And once they did that, everything was fine. So we, we told them that it wasn't, we weren't getting anything paranormal. Everything was related to the wiring in this particular room. So whether they rewired or not, but ever since they moved the kid out of the room, everything was fine.
2: That's very interesting, especially also that it's a child. Do you find this is another thing that people tend to think of in terms of paranormal investigations, that children are more sensitive to the paranormal?
3: Yeah, they they do say they are. And I have found that in my own experiences. And they just say it's more because they haven't been, as their parents are like, there's no such thing as ghosts. So they're more open to it, and they don't see a ghost as a ghost. They just see it as a person, like you and I would see a person. So they—that's why they're not usually scared. You know, I'm not saying that there aren't some that are scary that the kids are seeing, but for the most part, you know, I've actually had my own granddaughter. I lived um, actually in an old, old farmhouse for many, many years, and I knew it was haunted. Uh, but we had an understanding—you don't bug me, I don't bug you, unless I want to—kind of situation. And my granddaughter was over and she just happened to say to my daughter, hey, who's the man in the black hat waving on the back porch? And of course, she doesn't tell me right away. And I was like, I would have went and got my voice recorder. <laughs> so it's like, you know, so she she saw him and we never thought that she was, you know, she's never said much. She's maybe had a couple of ghostly experiences since then, but then nothing, nothing at all. because. My daughter's actually scared of ghosts and tells the kids there's no such thing.
2: Well, that's really interesting because we've got this common denominator here with the EM fields, right? So we've got a child who the wiring is bad, but it's giving them the impression that there is some sort of a ghostly phenomenon taking place. I'm not sure if you've heard of um, Michael Persinger, who developed a thing called the God Helmet, where he used EM fields to induce in people paranormal-like experiences. Yeah, and, I have about that. Yeah, yep. yeah. and then we have, uh, uh, again, Brian Bonner, who was out investigating one case where it turned out that on very close to the other side of a wall in one of the locations they were investigating was a cell tower that was causing all kinds of problems and experiences with the people who were in this room. So there, there seems to be this common denominator of EM fields being responsible for causing people's experiences, which I find very interesting. I'm not sure exactly how to correlate it all or what it all means necessarily, like how, say, a random EM field could produce the kind of responses that you're expecting on something like the type of equipment that you're using. That's a little bit more mysterious. Don't know how to explain it, but we're still dealing with some sort of an EM field.
3: Right. And I think more of the paranormal that people experience with because of the EM is when they're having such huge high dosage. You know, I guess it's like anything. If you just slowly are exposed to a little bit, a little bit, you're not going to notice. But if you all of a sudden get hit with a big shockwave of it, then you're going to get experiences and notice. Right. Or
2: if you're a child, maybe you are more sensitive to EM. In fact, uh, th- with the whole cell phone controversy, which still is around, the World Health Organization has recommended that they remove the wireless routers from elementary schools because they're now not so sure that it doesn't affect young people.
3: Right, and I think we'll find more and more of that as time goes on with, with different all different kinds of products and things that are coming out. We know that from all the different things we're finding throughout the world now.
2: Okay, moving along here, we've got two asylums. And what could be more interesting than an insane asylum? Yes. Uh, So we have the Fergus Falls and the Peoria asylums. What happened there? Fergus
3: Falls was awesome. That was our our first big asylum, and it's actually here in Minnesota. Uh, They don't offer it open to anybody. It was a, a special request that we were able to get in there. I think we're one of three groups that have ever. Been in there. It was just really cool again, being in there, going through the different tunnels. They have like underground tunnels, it, and it's so dark, so dark in there. So it was kind of like our first time of feeling like you know, like big time investigators in this huge building. um It was it was just so much fun. Uh, just so many deaths again. Tuberculosis was a big thing back there. They used to do uh, medical experiments on people like putting them in, you know, hot water for hours on end and then cold water and people would have skin sloughing off from these things. They did lobotomies there. Um, there were children there, just, just, just tons of stuff.
2: Yeah. You imagine all sorts of horrors, like the Francis farmer, you know, type of stuff where that goes on. So it's just, uh, did you, get any were there any apparitions or any communications that you had there or things moving around what what was some of the phenomena
3: I uh, didn't really see much again a lot of things when we do investigating you won't see until you get home and see it on film footage so the whole the way like the all the tv shows have with the ghost hunters you know, with this like nonstop action, it's really not like that. Like you are walking around for 14 hours in the dark saying hello, and you might get something. You might get two minutes of film footage of stuff you've captured that whole night. Um, so I, I do know that we did get um, an EVP. The weird thing was now was the walkie-talkies was the biggest thing for Fergus Falls. And I'm I'm still on the fence with that one. I'm not sure But they had had reports of, like, hearing things on walkie-talkies. The security guards would hear voices coming in. Um, We were having weird squelching going on throughout the whole night because it's it's so big. And we had, like, four teams at night. So just to keep in contact, we all had walkie-talkies. And it was probably about 2 o'clock in the morning where we started getting a little kid talking on it. And it was just saying, hello, I love you. And just weird. Weird stuff like Papa, where are you? And just let's
1: stop it here. We got more to come with Jill, Gina, Randall. You're in the Paracast.
0: Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget.
9: As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. That's right, annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both
13: absolutely free for calling today. 800-932-1789. 800-932-1789. 800-932-1789. That's 800-932-1789.
9: Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full-term
16: hi I'm Dan Pilla I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house I sued the IRS and won I beat the IRS then and I've been beating them ever since I wrote the book on tax debt settlement and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved I can help you too if you owe taxes you can't pay don't wait another day there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: When you were saying Hello I Love You, Jill, I was thinking of the old Doors song.
3: Oh yes.
1: <laughs> Hello, I love you, won't you tell me your name? <laughs> oh, that's spooky.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The Fergus was it was really interesting. I don't know. You know, we weren't on a secure channel with our walkie talkies. But it was just weird of like what what little kids up at two o'clock in the morning. So mm-hmm. we'll never be able to be sure. What that was from, but it was just interesting experience is How we're going to look at that one?
2: Well, I mean, I can imagine the skeptics might say, "Baby mo- room monitor, wireless baby room monitors." Maybe some kid did wake up and they live nearby. And
3: oh, there's no houses very close to the asylum. <laughs> That's the only thing, too. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know if baby monitors had come on the walkie regular walkie-talkie channels. I'm not sure, but. We just, we just found it really interesting,
2: yeah, you know, for sure. We've all heard of a number of haunted hotels. So you've got the, uh, the Rhodes hotel and the Klondike hotel.
3: Yeah. The Klondike was uh, real quiet that night, but I remember the Rhodes hotel, we were all sitting down on the main floor and we were just, you know, we always just talk and, and see if we can get something to go on. And I just said, Hey, if there's somebody around, you think you can come on down and visit, and all of a sudden you started hearing footsteps upstairs, like walking towards us. Um, so that that was kind of cool. If you're asking, you know, that you ask for something, all of a sudden you start hearing, and it was like the sound of boots on a wood floor, that kind of sound, and nobody else is upstairs.
2: Interesting. Um, it seems to me that through this entire interview so far, one of the most common things that seems to happen in terms of paranormal phenomena in these cases are these footsteps you'll hear footsteps coming downstairs or towards you down some hall something like that
3: mm-hmm.
2: is that say the most common type of phenomena that you get or what is the most common type of phenomena that you guys have encountered
3: uh, i would say like if you're not using equipment i would say like you say the sounds the different sounds like you'll hear doors or you'll hear the footsteps which really always floors me of why you hear footsteps when like they're not a solid object. So I, I still have not figured out why you would hear that, but I, I've heard it more than once. Um, you know, sometimes you'll feel like a, a light touch, you know, something, something like that versus your equipment. Cause sometimes we like to just put all our equipment away and just sit there and see what happens. You know, like, are we going to get any, you know, different feels, different types of things? Cause sometimes I feel like, you know, if they're, if they're being filmed too much or, you know, touch this, touch that, they're not going to interact as much. Could be that they don't really know what it is. You know, if you think about it, how weird do we look? If you're from the 1900s, how weird do we look right now? We probably look pretty strange.
2: If, if that's what's happening, maybe now's a good time to to ask, do a little bit of uh, interaction between the ufologists and the ghost hunters, is that when you pose the question of how something that is supposed to be ethereal can, can produce footsteps without being sort of physical, as you say, or material. The explanation that I like to theorize about is that we're dealing with the same thing. We're not dealing with ghosts, we're dealing with aliens. And they've got the technology, at least according to all of the reports that we've got, the combined technology of anti-gravity, They've got. they're able to shut off car engines, Affect EM. They're able to disappear. They're able to take on other forms and create different shapes and do projections. They have all of the technology far advanced from us to be able to pull off all of these phenomena, including if you get into thinking about how they've been seemingly studying our society for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. It would be possible for them. To know the information from the past and to be able to relay that in a way that would make a person assume that what they're dealing with is someone from the past. So say if they've been studying a particular place and particular people uh, in a particular place for several generations, they would be able to have the imagery of that person as well as uh, identify them and provide all the sorts of information in such a limited fashion as you guys experience to convince you that what you're actually experiencing is somebody who is a departed person. So I tried to be sort of to to work with ghost hunters to say please consider this. Maybe you're not dealing with dead people, maybe you're dealing with some sort of alien who's doing who's studying you to see what sort of reaction you'll have to something that you think Could be a dead person just to see how you'll react to it.
18: Mm -hmm.
2: Will you recognize that it is an illusion? Or will you jump to the conclusion that it's an actual departed member of our species that has gone off to some other dimension? When you compare those two possibilities, one is completely technologically possible, whereas the other one is philosophically and materially there's just so many problems with the idea of somebody being able to survive death and go on to in some other dimension and continue on in their existence that the two if you compare the two one is really reasonable in terms of what we have for evidence and the other one isn't
3: yeah i i agree with you
2: that is really surprising (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was you expecting just, no no no
3: <laughs> but, okay, you, but you can't you have to have an open mind you can't say this exactly what it is you know why because none of us really know what it is we all have our thoughts and and opinions on what it is but really none of us truly know what any of it is
2: that is really open-minded because you would not believe the amount of times I've been actually attacked back by, not necessarily on this show, but when I've I've tried to network with ghost hunters and, and bring this to their attention to say, look, you know, maybe we're not dealing with the, the dearly departed here. Maybe we're dealing with something else that wants us to think that or wants to provide this stimulus for us and then study our behavior and see what we think of it and they are so entrenched in the belief of life ha- after death that they completely dismiss it offhand, and then they don't want to even talk about it mm-hmm. so i i find that your response really not typical of uh, the average ghost hunter and very open-minded and to say that we don't know i don't know either i'm just trying to come up with answers that from my experience and belief that strange things do happen and what evidence that we do know seems to make the most sense.
13: Right.
3: Exactly. And I'm just, I'm basing my opinions on, on my personal experiences as well. Whether mine are correct. We don't know. That's just what I've, I've based my opinions on, on the many different things that's happened to me.
2: Yeah, that's perfectly fair. And, uh, so now that you know this, and of course, you know, we'd like to get you back on the show, maybe, in a, you know, another couple of months or two or three months down the road. Uh Look, now that you've got this other sort of um, intellectual tool to think about, then maybe reflect
1: on it a bit and tell us more about it. Hey, we'll have the answer in our next segment. Two more to go with Gene Randall and Jill. You're in the
10: Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN.
11: Thank you.
9: USA Radio News
12: with
23: Wendy King.
4: Hawaii endured a fatal helicopter crash in April, a skydiving plane crash in June, and now fire officials on the island of Kauai believe there are no survivors from Thursday's tour helicopter crash.
10: There were seven people including two children on board. In addition to the pilot, there were two families, a party of two and a party of four.
4: KGMB reporter Chelsea Davis.
10: County officials tell us they found six sets of remains. The search for the 7th has been called off because of the weather. Search will resume for the 7th at first light in the morning, weather permitting. But again, officials tell us there does not appear to be any signs of any survivors.
4: In Somalia, more than 60 people are dead from a truck bombing in the capital of Mogadishu. It exploded in a busy security checkpoint. So far, there is no claim of responsibility. This is USA Radio News.
22: And distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800 605 6995 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800 605 6995. That's 800 605 6995. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800
18: 605 6995 for your free author submission kit. I'm here with Scott Youseum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS.
13: My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise.
18: Can you give us an example of somebody you help?
13: Oh, can I ever. We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS. Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If
18: you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation.
13: Call 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
1: So, Jill, Randall asked you a question or made a comment that maybe I'd like to hear you respond to.
2: Essentially, that, that this is sort of an opportunity to do a little networking oh. with the ufology people to to say, well, yeah, okay, that's something to consider.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Like I said, a lot of times I'm I'm trying to figure out what what the heck's going on. My tool to communicate for me is the spirit box. I've I've asked things such as, you know, do you meet new people on the other side? Apparently, you do. That's just some of the responses I've got. So it it would. Totally makes sense to ask questions about, you know, another life form on another planet, you know, things like that. But I also feel for me and some of my experiences when I'm trying to find the other side is certain things aren't supposed to be talked about or that you're not supposed to know about, such as when I try to ask questions about God, it seems like it shuts everything down like it no longer wants to talk or able to talk about that particular subject. As for instance, we were at a rectory talking supposedly with the equipment it was interacting with that it was the priest that had committed suicide. He said that he was sorry that he did it wish he hadn't committed suicide. And then when I started asking questions about God, I like think I said if there is a god, touch this machine. Well, nothing happened. So I said, are you saying there is no God? And it didn't respond. And then I said, well, are you telling me you can't tell me this information? And then it went all the way up, you know, like, yeah, I can't, I can't talk about it. So I kind of feel like there's some unwritten things there that we're not supposed to know until we pass.
2: Or if that's actually what's happening. So, you know, getting... Getting back at it is say if we look at it from the other perspective, we've got, for example, I'm not sure how familiar you are with ufology, but when we get into the abduction phenomena, we get the situation where sometimes families feel that they have been under observation for a number of generations, and that numbers of generations have actually had experiences of missing time where they may have been studied or even taken aboard a craft. Now. If it's the case that we've got some alien anthropologists studying generations in certain places of us, then they're going to have all of that information from the past. They're going to be able to use technology that is in the electromagnetic spectrum to be able to communicate with your spirit box. They have been incidents where people feel that they've had telepathic communication so you're if you experience some sort of voice in your head it is probably well i shouldn't say it, it's probably them but it's at least possible that that's what's happening you're getting some sort of a mind to mind communication or maybe it's technology again like the god helmet where they're able to transmit a sound into your head and even we have that technology now we can make it sound through certain kinds of technology that you're hearing a voice in your head when it's not there. That's not something that is uh, fiction. It's a science fact. So when you get technology that is possible to explain a phenomena, then it seems more reasonable to say that some sort of technology is behind it rather than some sort of superstition, which is what life after death is. In other words, there doesn't seem to be any evidence that there is life after death and it doesn't even seem to be possible that there's life after death.
3: Well, I don't know. I beg to differ on that based on things that I've
2: gotten and yeah what what sort of things? Let's let's try to figure out if there is an exception to the rule there because if there is, that would be really interesting. Because well, then we could divide the two up again and maybe look further into one or the other.
3: Well, I guess I said there's just different evidence I've gotten through different investigations to me proves that there's something but then also like you know like different family members of mine have had you know different experiences where they they have seen their loved ones and they have told them that there was a heaven and it was beautiful my mother passed away like two years ago and before she knew what I did she wasn't real agreeing on it she's very religious and and said that I shouldn't be dabbling in it but she was still supported me I was her daughter But I said, I don't care how you do it, but you need to let me know there's another side. Just let me know just somehow. That was probably like a week before she passed away. And then my daughter had a really, really vivid dream. Never knew I'd asked my mom to, to, to come talk to me about anything. And she told me, you know, how vivid it was and all the things. She said, Grandma looked great. And she was telling her all this stuff. And she said, and by the way, tell your mom, yes. And she goes and then she said well whatever that means to me so i thought that was just really cool now how my daughter would even know that i asked my mom to to let me know somehow it's just kind of weird so just just even just little things like that from from
2: thanks for sharing that that's a very personal experience and if we were if we were to look at that then and say okay well what else could it be then well it sounds then like what we have is a, is a third entity or force that is watching or overseeing the whole thing. How would your daughter know unless someone else was in the know and to provide that particular experience for her? Let's suppose that these aliens are interested in not just abducting random people, but studying people like yourself who are believers in this particular kind of phenomena. Just because they find it interesting, just to humor me for a minute, let's suppose they've been doing this for a number of years and they know. So they know your daughter, they know your mother, maybe they even have ways of transmitting sounds and imagery into people's minds. Like I say, we already have that. We've got the pursinger your helmet. We've got the ways of transmitting sounds. Uh, So technologically, it's possible to do that. How do you know that that's not what was done and that, it, and that they're just wondering what your reaction is going to be? Are you going to believe it was actually some sort of message from an afterlife or are you going to think of another possibility?
3: Well, I think a lot of people would like to, to think that there's an afterlife. And especially when for me, since it was so close and personal to me, I tend to believe that that's really what happened. I'm not saying that there couldn't be another realm out there, you know, having the aliens controlling different things. Again, we don't we don't know, but I guess it's all in what probably just makes you feel better. and makes you sleep good at night.
4: you mm-hmm. know.
1: So it's a comfort food. It could sense. be. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to believe this is happening, that people do survive, that there's life after death that sometimes for some reason those who passed on want to contact the living and use this means to do so again you know your guess is as good as mine if someone says i'm your long lost uncle well maybe they find out something about your long lost uncle but doesn't necessarily mean they are who they claim to be
2: correct Right, that's that's the whole point, is if we've got a, a way of explaining something with uh, some sort of technology or existing evidence, and we don't have a way to explain how anyone could possibly survive death other than sort of belief in the supernatural, then which avenue of investigation seems more reasonable to pursue is sort of the way that I look at things. So I'm not saying necessarily to change your point of view, or I'm not. I'm just saying, hey, here's another option that a lot of ghost hunters haven't considered. It's it, it's at least as out there as alien abductions when you think about it, and we have a lot of the same type of phenomena taking place. Like if you've got anti gravity, you can move things around. If you've got some sort of invisibility, you can walk around in a house without being detected or
1: seen, but still be able to move things. You know what? We may be invisible if we don't do these announcements. Jill, Randall and Gene, you're in. The paracast.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
1: As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap.
25: Oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. De Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at shopsupertea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's shopsupertea.com. 818-984-6100. Shopsupertea.com.
17: We all hear the stories in the news. The good guy uses a gun to protect his family from criminals, and he's the one arrested. The legal system is not fair, and responsibly armed Americans are political targets. So here's how you can take a simple and rewarding journey to complete self-defense confidence. Simply text GCN to 87222. To discover how the USCCA can give you the training, education, legal, and financial protection you need to truly protect the people you love. Don't risk everything and leave your family vulnerable. Now it's time to prepare and protect yourself. So if you're ready to take your next step... As a responsibly armed American, you're ready to truly become your family's ultimate protector. Text GCN to 87222. Discover your life-saving USCCA member benefits today. Again, that's text GCN to 87222.
3: This is Marie D. Jones, the author of this book is from the future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
1: So, Randall, you're saying here, well, we have alternate explanations. We also have the resemblance, which has been documented by some of the people we deal with, such as Red Pill Junkie, that there are strong connections in terms of the phenomena between a near-death experience and a UFO abduction. Interesting. Let me ask you a question here, Jill. Obviously, this is something that we can't answer, but have you had people trying to fake it?
3: No. No, I haven't come across that. I know there are people when, well, when you are doing and screening people especially for private homes you know you kind of want to make sure they're mentally stable so you just kind of go through different questions and ask them i have actually heard of a a place that used to to fake you know the whole ghost thing so that they could get people in and make money but that was like one in a million persons that do it there's going to be some people like that in every group no matter what you get
2: Definitely, yeah. Tell us about it. <laughs> you know how many fake uh, UFO pictures are there on the internet now? Well, just to conclude with with the UFO thing, one thing I would ask you to do, and this is what we've asked with other uh, investigators as well, uh, if they've noticed this, and if they haven't noticed it, to uh, just make a casual question of it of, of the people of the witnesses, if there's been a correlation of UFO sightings in the area of these haunted places so far every single ghost investigator that we've talked to who is sort of aware of ufos has said yes there has been something to keep in mind
3: Yeah, that's very interesting i will have to kind of keep out for that now and see how the
2: correlation goes with that yeah it's simple easy question and maybe you know it will lead to something in the future we don't know what okay this is good because (laughs) i think everybody's uh when you're talking about uh the supernatural and scary places we're talking about the viliska axe murder house
3: oh god i love that place (laughs) okay
2: what's been going on there
3: well if people don't know the story there were um six people that were back in like 1910, I believe it was, were all killed with an ax and they never caught the murderer. And four of those being children, anywhere Mm -hmm. from, I think they were from five to 12 years old. Being there was a a really emotional experience at first. And going there, we had decided not to talk about their death, you know, because how many people come in there and rehash how you got killed? Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> so, being in the small rooms and knowing how the murders took place, and these poor children had to hear their parents being killed and how close they were, it was just overwhelming. But we did get a lot of, of voices, like the kids talking to each other. Um, like they said, Lena, no, Lena, no. So, she likes to do things to people. So, I think one of the kids were trying to tell her not to do something. When the kids were talking to each other, one says, You want to play? And the other one says, No way. Uh, we had a little boy that says, I want to touch your things. And they were class a, like they were just talking into the microphone. They threw pebbles at us throughout the night. They would just come shooting down from upstairs and then they touched the REM pods and and stuff too. It was one jumped on the bed while I was in there too. I was, it's an old springy bed. So I was just sitting there and you could just feel somebody to jump on it. The whole thing started shaking. So that was what I, what I find interesting is on the spirit box, the little boy said his favorite thing was bacon. We came back like four or five years later to investigate again. And I put the bacon out on in this pie pan that I have. So if it gets touched, it's kind of like a REM pot, it alarms. I put it in the kitchen. I brought the bacon and said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but you told me you like bacon. And so I brought it to you. And within two minutes, that thing alarmed. So that was, that was pretty cool that that happened.
1: (laughs) Unless they tell you, you know what? I'd rather have (laughs) potstickers and deep dish pizza.
3: (laughs) Who doesn't like bacon? Come on now.
1: Well, you know, I'm a nice Jewish boy from Brooklyn. So,
3: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, Veliska was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was our first place. We stayed overnight. And me and uh, this another girl who used to belong to our group, we, we faced each other on our air mattresses and held hands all night because we were so scared <laughs> to sleep in a haunted location. And now it's just no big deal. I'm like, I'm crashed out. I don't care. I'll go to sleep.
2: <laughs> so it would be uh, presumably haunted by the victims of this axe murderer, not the axe murderer themselves.
3: You know, it's controversial. They say that the guy who did it is now stuck there. But I find that hard to believe when he didn't die there, right. so you can take it for what it's worth on what people find. I just know I got a lot of interaction with the kids. I got a lot of really good kid voices, um, and so I I myself know that that's who's there. I seem
2: to recall a couple of cases though, and uh, I mean, just vaguely, because because I couldn't name all the details about them, but where people have been followed from one location to another by what they feel is some sort of a presence. Have you encountered uh, anything like
3: that? Uh, yeah, I personally haven't, but my other teammates have. After visiting Edinburgh Manor in Iowa, which is another asylum, Donna saw like a cowboy guy at the end of her bed for like three nights in a row. When she got home, Alex had gotten from Melvern Manor, actually, which is another asylum in Iowa. Uh, when he got home, and he lives in an apartment, nothing's ever happened at his house, and all of a sudden, his faucets were turning on. His dog would go crazy just weird stuff was happening when they weren't home. So he just kindly, you know, did some, you know, talking like, hey, you can't be here. You need to come go back. And then I finally settled down. But he just thought that was really weird. But I, I personally haven't. I know Teresa's has had some weird stuff at her house, too. But I, I guess I'm lucky. I don't know. I, I say a little prayer and tell them to stay where they're at. So
2: <laughs> That's interesting that you should mention animals. We haven't talked about that at all yet.
3: They definitely can see. I know they can sense stuff.
1: Well, look at it this way. What are your plans for the future in terms of continuing the ghost hunting? Any expansion? Uh, any special events?
3: Uh, we'll just continue to do paranormal investigating and working with the Boyd House and kind of promoting that for other investigators to come out to there. And I know we have a couple of different events, hopefully coming up, where they're in the works right now. So if you just keep checking our Facebook page for the Boyd House, um, you'll be able to see what's going on, and also our Website at Saint Croix Paranormal. Uh, we we update that to as to what we're doing and what's going on.
1: Let me ask you one more question here. You have grandchildren. Yes. Has anything weird happened to them?
3: Um, like I said, they've had a few things where they were. Uh, my grandson was playing with his grandfather. Uh, well, that's what he told my daughter, and he passed away before uh, he was even born, and he'd never seen a picture or even heard of him. And she showed him a picture and he she goes, Oh yeah, that's grandpa. That's who I talk to all the time. So yeah, there's there's that, but now he doesn't see him anymore. So
1: I think society educates them or brainwashes kids out of it. I think kids have remarkable sensitivities at times, but we don't believe them. If a child says, I did saw this or heard that, oh, he's just playing, it's an imaginary friend. It's that sort of thing. Once again, Jill, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff.
3: Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Boyd House or at stcroyparanormal.com. And just check us out there. And you can get a hold of me through the website or through Facebook if you have any questions about the Boyd House or any paranormal investigating.
1: You can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, we have two Paracast community, fan clubs, etc., On Facebook, we also have a special feature for everyone called the PowerCast Plus. We offer this show with better quality audio, enhanced audio, free of the network ads. It's almost like Netflix. We also offer the After the PowerCast podcast. It's available exclusive to PowerCast Plus subscribers where you never know what's going to happen next. We have continuing interviews. We feature weekly UFO report updates from special correspondent William Puckett, a former atmospheric scientist. So he knows a lot of the things that can cause people to see UFOs, but are perfectly conventional. For more information, set your browser to theparacast.plus, P-L-U-S, plus for more details on the Paracast Plus. Jill, thank you so much for hanging with us and joining us on the Paracast.
6: Yeah,
3: thanks so much for having me.
0: The Paracast.